Welcome to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan, and thank you so much for joining us today. We know that uh, there's so many other things going on, so many other things you could be listening to right now, but you have decided to listen to what God has in store for you on this podcast. So we just pray and ask that God would bless you in this sermon Thank you again for joining us. Don't forget, you are part of the Rock Creek Family Church family. Hey everybody, Pastor Justy here welcoming you to our midweek Bible study for Rock Creek Family Church. Thank you for joining in. We love you. We appreciate you. I know some of you have even been joining in for quite a while now, so thank you for doing that. Thank you for your faithfulness. We love and appreciate you very much. All right, let's dive into what we're going to be doing for the next few weeks. And really, we're going to be doing a continuation, but really something brand new. Okay, let me explain. We have been talking for the last four weeks over kingdom living. Well, the next few weeks, we're going to talk about the kingdom of God. Okay, the kingdom of God, because I was really praying and seeking about what to do next. And and in my prayer, I was praying, God, I want to preach something very very relevant. I want to, I want to make sure that, that what, what I'm going to preach is really going to help people grow closer to you in what's going on in the world today and what's going on in their world. So I want to transcend all of, all of the, the formalities of everything and really just come down to what matters the most. And as I was doing so, it just kind of like God hit me with it and said, hey, the most relevant thing of all is maybe not what we think of as physically relevant, but the most relative thing of or relevant thing of all is is God's kingdom, and how that is really what created even all of this. That the rule of God, the reign of God, the sovereignty of God, the will of God, the spirit of God, the power of God. Those are the things that actually created what we call reality in the first place, right? So, so he is what is most real, and he is the one that holds our reality in his hand. So if you want to see, we want to talk about the most relevant thing ever, it's him. It's his kingdom. No wonder why Jesus and the Gospels spoke of it over 50 times in the four gospels. It is something so important. It is what Jesus himself came to preach about, and it's what John the Baptist came to prepare the world for. It is what rules, it is the rule of God in our life, and it transcends every other rule and goes beyond all of that, and even to a point of overruling some things that try to try to come in and rule our life and our heart. We'll go deeper in all of this in just a second. Right now, grab your Bible, grab your notepad, grab your pen. Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 2. Excuse me. We're going to join in there, jump to that passage of Scripture. Before we get to there, let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you. You are good. You are so good. You are so faithful. Thank you for your goodness and your kindness. Father, I want to thank you that... uh, you want to be involved in our life, that you have made your glory approachable. You've made your presence, your kingdom livable for us who, who were born sinners, who, who are in a messed up world. But yet, God, you're, you're doing something in our life that calls us up to a greater calling and a, 
in a, in a bigger walk for you. Teach us your kingdom. Teach us your ways. Lord, anoint whatever it is that I do. May it be for your glory and for the building of your kingdom. May it edify and encourage those who need that today. Lord, let your word bring healing to someone who needs healing. Let your word bring help our faith be increased in you. God, give us, Lord, a, a fresh, fresh power of the Holy Spirit to keep us going in the right direction in the midst of a very turbulent time. God, we love you and we thank you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Welcome again to our midweek Bible study where we're going to start a new series called just simply the kingdom of God. And we're going to look at the parables that Jesus taught. And there's a lot of them. In fact, there's uh, just in one passage alone, there's the parable of soils, uh, parable of the wheat and the tares, the parable of the mustard seed, parable of the leaven, parable of the hidden treasure, parable, parable of the pearl of great price, the parable of the dragnet, and a parable of the householder. And that's just in one section of the Gospels. Uh, I, I promise we're not going to drag this out forever, but I do think this is so, so important and so relevant in our life. Why, again, is it so relevant? Because it is the king of relevance and the king of reality teaching us about a greater reality being that the kingdom of God can overrule even the things that rule in our life. I don't know about you, but I've had I've had things in my life rule or try to rule me. Uh, we have things all the time coming in: doubts, fears, sins, lust, regrets, past mistakes, uh, fears. All of these things that that try to come in and converge in our minds. Satan himself trying to make a rule or take a take an authority and rule in our life. And really, the kingdom of God. What we talk about when we say the kingdom of God, it's His rule. Uh, kingdom equals government, and especially in that day and time, whenever we're, they're writing, uh, when the Bible was written, right? It's it's all about the kingdoms. It's all about who's in charge, who's ruling. Hey, I give praise. I give so much praise, and I'm so excited that no matter what we think about who's in charge down here, God is ultimately in charge. Christ is still on his throne. He is sovereign. He has this all in his hands. He's in control. The, all of this is going to play out in accordance with his glory and his sovereignty anyways. But what I want is not just the big picture of his sovereignty. I want his sovereignty. I want him to rule and reign right here. And that doesn't mean we lose our freedom. And, and actually, it's the opposite of that. The more he rules in our heart, the more free we are. The more, the more that we are set free from the rule and the tyranny of sin and all of the things that come with that, that, that nasty package, right? Uh, in fact, that's why the scripture says, he who the son is set free is free indeed, indefinitely. In he's free to do and to be what God's called him to do and to be. John the Baptist started this off in the beginning of the gospel saying in Matthew chapter 3 verses 1 through 2. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness saying, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John the Baptist is basically telling them, hey, uh, uh, the kingdom of God who you thought was so far off and so far away, 
It is now approachable. It's now tangible. It's now touchable. It's now right here among us. You got to understand again what the what, what, the, the mindset, the, the culture, the reality that the Jews were facing, what they were in, right? The Jews were were ruled by other people, not by necessarily their own government. They had a little small system of that, but really ultimately the Roman authorities ruled them. And um, because of that, they felt limited. They felt limited in, in something holding them back and keeping them from being who God had called them to be, being for the, the special people God had anointed and called them to be and to walk this covenant relationship out with him. They felt limited. And I don't know about you, but there have been things that, that's, that's happened in my life that that I thought limited me from being who God called me to be and to do what God had called me to do as well. And while that was true physically in the Jews' life, Jesus actually came to set up a spiritual rule first, to rule in the hearts of people first, that if Jesus could transcend all of the physical governments by, by, by first approaching our heart and the throne of our heart and the rulership of our heart, then he knew he could raise up a people that no matter what their earthly situation looked like, no matter what earthly circumstances they found themselves in, that there was a greater rule on the inside of them. That's what he taught his disciples, and that's why his disciples, through his teaching, through his blood, through the power of the Holy Spirit, were able to turn the whole world upside down, even though they were still under the Roman rule. Jesus is trying, I believe, to get us to understand that, 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 that reality, that spiritual reality now, just as much as the disciples did then. The, the, the whole Roman authorities had their thumb on the disciples. The Sanhedrin and the Jewish authorities had their thumb on the disciples. The, the, sometimes the mistakes, like what Peter went through, that had its thumb on the disciples. But Jesus, but Jesus didn't stop there. Jesus taught the kingdom of God and actually invited them in to this kingdom of God living in such a way that that the ruling of the kingdom of God in their life overruled the other thumbs that were being pressed down upon these disciples. It's what John the Baptist prepared the world for, and it's what Jesus himself taught. If you want to see, if you want to see what's most relevant. You go back and you see what the most relevant teacher ever in the history of the world taught, that being Jesus Christ. He taught the kingdom of God over 50 times, many different parables. Those parables gave us principles and, and the purpose of the kingdom of God. And then if you put those principles and those purposes together, then that aligns our life up so that we can receive the power necessary through the Holy Spirit to live the kingdom of God 
in a way where we are the tangible kingdom of God, this world needs to see. We're the relevance of faith and, and, and God's rule and reign and peace and the Holy Spirit and his power and his joy and, and, and life eternal, life everlasting, salvation, regeneration, sanctification. We are the tangible that this world needs to see. Whoa, wait a minute. What am I saying? What I'm saying is that you are the relevance. You're the relevance that the world needs to see. The relevance of God, the relevance of Christ, the relevance of the cross, the relevance of the resurrection, the relevance of walking after the spirit on a daily basis and how that transcends everything else in the world and how that that type of living, that, that living under God's rulership actually overrules all of the other stuff that we feel like is holding us back and limiting us. Jesus taught this as well. Mark chapter 4 verse 11 says, And he said unto them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. The mystery of the kingdom of God. This is after he's given some parables, right? But to those who are on the outside, all things come in parables, so that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. Jesus taught the kingdom of God, and he taught it in such a way where he's inviting his disciples into his life and into his rulership in such a way where he's saying that that the, the relevance of God is going to far surpass and overcome all of the other things that you're having to deal with. And he says to the people who don't want to live under God's rulership in the way that he wants life to be, the way that he's designed life to be, the way that he has chosen life to be. For those that don't want to live into in the will of God, then he says they're on the outside. They can see from a distance, but they cannot grasp it. It's, it's, like, it's like having a vision pop in your head, but yet you have no idea how to make that come to pass. You have a thought come in your head, but there's no there's no tangible expression of it. There's no reality of it. It's like a, a, a maybe an artist who can can see something, but he has or she has no idea how to paint it or put it down on on paper or make a sculpture out of it. Right? That there's a disconnect there. Jesus taught many parables, and we'll go over a lot of them. Not today. Today we're just going to kind of touch. Uh, base. We're just going to kind of introduce this topic, maybe get your brain thinking a little bit, hopefully excite you a little bit over the next few weeks that we're going to be teaching this, this very powerful, powerful stuff here. But um, Jesus is, is teaching parables and he's, he's telling his disciples, he's like, listen, I want you to understand something. You have something so great within your grasp you don't have to see me from afar. You don't have to just hear stories about how God operates in our lives. I'm giving you the key to unlock the mystery of life. 
what life is all about, the purpose of life, the, the direction of life, the morality of life, the joys of life, the, 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 how, to, how to work life and make life work for you. I'm giving you the keys to what is truth and what is real and what is good and what is beautiful. I'm giving you the keys. A lot of a lot of what Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you the why and the hows to life. And I can do that because I'm the one that created life in the first place. Because we know that all things were created through him. Book of John chapter 1 says. That's why we are made in the image of God. Jesus is the image of God. We're made in him. And Jesus come comes bearing the keys to give to his disciples, inviting those that whosoever will, that wants to operate in the will of God, just to simply come to him. And he'll help them with those keys. Um, again, I, I don't want to be someone who just hears about what God is doing. I don't want to be someone who just hears about God. I don't want to be someone who just hears about Jesus. I want to know personally what's going on. I want to hear God for myself. I want to see his hand move in my life. I, I, want, to, I want to draw close to him. I want to feel his spirit moving in mine. I want to see him do amazing things. I want to feel his hand touch me and even move me at times. I want to align my life up underneath what he calls life, underneath his rulership, rulership being the kingdom of God. That's why John the Baptist, is, as, as he's coming onto the scene and preparing the way for Jesus, he's, he's kind of giving them a warning to say, hey, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of God, it's at hand. But what you've got to do is drop what's in your hand so that you can receive the kingdom of God as he comes by. Oh, we have so many things that we think are so important in life. We're all busy, 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 busy. I think sometimes, and I'm just going to personally speak about me. I think sometimes if I'm not careful, I will worship the idol of busyness, because that's just our society. That's how things go, right? We feel like if we were to say that we're anything less than busy, then we're just not important and we're not doing anything. But I wonder if the things we're doing is the most important thing. I wonder if we're really making ourselves busy at doing the most important thing, and that is knowing Jesus. You had to please forgive me. I forgot who originally coined this phrase or this quote, but I read this quote not too long ago and it really stuck with me. And this quote basically says, talking about Jesus is not as important as talking to Jesus. So we can't, we can't turn those around. We can't put the cart in front of the horse. Um, we can't get things out of order. Talking about Jesus is awesome but do we really know the one we're talking about case in point with jesus and the disciples 
Jesus pulls the disciples aside after giving many parables and says, hey, I'm giving stories to all of these other guys and they can go and repeat these stories. They could even say they heard me say it. They could even maybe get a little bit of a principle or a truth out of it to, to change their life in, in some small way, make their life a little bit better. That's great. But you, disciples, and he turns to his, his immediate 12, and he says, but you, oh, you're given an invitation to be with me, to talk with me, to, to, to come in and, and, and share in my heart and my life, to, and then I can share in yours. I'm giving you this invitation. He's inviting his disciples inside, if you will. Almost like, you know, you've got a good friend that, that, that wants to come over to your house. Most of you, if it's a really close friend or, a, or if it's someone you love, maybe even someone you like, you're not just going to be satisfied with talking with them out in the driveway. Hey, let's just go stand in the yard and talk for a little bit. Well, that's fine. That's good. But it's even better to say, hey, come inside. Come see where I live. Come come hang out where I hang out. Come, come be where I'm comfortable. I'm most comfortable. And by the way, while you're here, you be comfortable too. Make yourself at home. Right? Make yourself comfortable here. If you need something, go get it. There it is. You thirsty? I'll, I'll get it for you. You need to go to take a break? Hey, restroom's right over there. <clears throat> you tired? Let's sit down. Whatever you need, here it is. You're in my house now. Jesus is saying, yeah, you're in my house now. I, I want you to to know that I've invited you in. I've invited you in. I'm going to take you deeper. Take you deeper. When we look at the Old Testament example of the relevance of God and his presence and his spirit and his power being with his people, we have to look at what God established as a form of worship there. And that is the Old Testament tabernacle and eventually the temple. There were stages to this tabernacle and stages to this temple. But each one of those stages takes you further and deeper into God's presence. Not just everyone could come in anytime that they wanted. They had to do so by God's divine design. And if you were an outsider, if you were hurting, if you were weak, if you were frail if you were sick if you were uh if you were not in the right status or class if you were not a jew then you could freely come to the outer courts but you had to stop there you come to the outer courts just to kind of see from a distance and this is where jesus shows up again with his disciples and says hey everybody out there who's not wanting to come in they're they're the outsiders they're out there they can see from a distance but but, but I'm, I'm doing a great work that's going to invite people in. So you could move into the inner courts, but to move into the inner courts, there must be a sacrifice. The inner, the inner court was where the sacrifice was given and made and offered up on the first altar to God. The, the inner court was a place for sacrifice, and it was the place to, to cover the opening and the beginning with blood to say, this is why you're able to come in and be here. 
Jesus gave us that way. Jesus made that way for us to come in. Come in from being outsiders to being insiders. Come in. Come in. He paved the way with his blood, opened up the curtain, and allowed us to come in. But then you go into the holy place. And the holy place is where the table of showbread was, the, the altar of incense, the golden candlestick. And it was the place where the priesthood was able to minister to God. It was the work of the ministry done, and it was done in a holy place. God has invited us, I think, deeper into that place by calling us as his own, as in he's given us all a purpose to be disciples and to make disciples. In other words, he's called us all into the ministry, every one of us. Every single one of us are called to deeper into this holy place of working with God to do God's work for the kingdom of God. But he didn't stop there. When Jesus, when he died on the cross and he said it's finished and the earth shook and the veil in the temple ripped in half, it, it ripped from top to bottom, opening up a way, a way to what? The most holy place, the most inner place in that temple, in that tabernacle. It was the place where God's throne was represented on earth by the Ark of the Covenant, later a stone. It was like God was saying when, at the, when Jesus says this finishes and, and God ripped that veil, it's like God was saying, now I invite you not to just work for me, not, right? not to even just serve me. Not, not, I'm not even happy just with you only serving me. I want you to come into me. I want you to know me. I want you to have the kingdom of God, not just ruling on the outside of your life. I want it ruling on the inside of your life. And that's going to transcend no matter what else is ruling your life. I want my greaterness to be in you than he that's in the world. I want that to rule your life. I want to regenerate your life, renew your life. I want you to be reborn. I want you to know me. I want you to know me as the mystery, the secret, the key to life. The kingdom of God, his rule, his reign, it's the secret to life. It's the key to life. You want to know how to have a happy life, a great life, a fulfilled life, a, a life with purpose and principles and power? You find that all in the teachings of Jesus Christ as he teaches about the kingdom of God. I can't wait to dive in deeper with this. Next week, we're going to actually look at some of these parables, and we're going to pull some principles out of it, and how the principles are going to teach us purpose, and then we're going to learn how the power of God helps us to fulfill those principles and those purposes. Thanks for joining in. We love you. God bless you. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us your ways. Thank you, God, that you love us the way that you do. Father, I realize that I've allowed things to rule my life that, that I thought would have made me fulfilled and happy, but it didn't. 
So God, I lay those down. I empty my hands of those so that I can receive the most relevant thing of all, your kingdom. Come and rule. Be Lord and Savior. Rule in my life. Rule in our lives. Overrule the other things that are causing division in our life. Lord, let your peace rule. Let your love rule. Your joy rule. Let it rule in my life. I need you, Lord. And I give you praise for how you've done this. I give you praise for doing it. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you. Looking forward to even more of this stuff. We'll see you later. Peace out. Thank you so much for listening to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan again, and we are so thankful and grateful for you to be here and join us. We ask that you would make sure that you subscribe so that you can catch other podcasts as they come out. Also, if you would rate it and comment, let us know how God has blessed you through this podcast. We love you. We thank you. Have a blessed day.